At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Infertility and Me podcast, a show that amplifies diverse stories about the struggles of infertility and fertility in a safe space. Our goal is to normalize fertility stories that validate, give hope, and create a community where no one is left silently suffering. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to another episode of Infertility and Me podcast. I'm your host, Monique Farouk. Thank you for listening and or following, downloading on your preferred platform and or YouTube. You guys. So we have our friend, Kristen Dylan Snyder. She has unexplained infertility. And after four unsuccessful IUIs, she and her husband knew they needed more help and went to a reproductive endocrinologist. And not only did Kristen suffer from unexplained infertility, but she was of advanced maternal age and as well as some male factor issues too. And after three rounds of IUI, one resulting in the birth of her daughter, the big fat positive of her daughter thereafter, one ended in loss and then her very first IVF cycle it ended with no successful embryo but she had done other treatments before that IUIs and such multiple rounds of those before going into IVF but because of her age she did not want to waste time and they moved very quickly through IVF they tried for a sibling and that resulted in a miscarriage at gestation of 10 weeks at that point her and her husband just decided look we're going we're gonna to stop for now. We, maybe we'll revisit it. Maybe we won't. And trying for a sibling. And so Kristen tells us all about that in today's episode. And you don't want to miss it because Kristen reminds us of some very powerful things that we can do to stay healing while going through fertility struggles and moving through our fears and our anxiety. So you don't want to miss that. And also we talk about why she went into coaching women and men along their paths to parenthood so we'll be back in just a second you guys with Kristen we're back you guys with our girl Kristen Kristen thank you so much my dear for coming on the show and speaking to us today about your story to momhood that long arduous thing called infertility and all that ish that goes along with that so I appreciate you for taking time out of your week your day come on and talk to us well thank you for having me I'm so excited to be here to talk with you and share my story and how infertility impacted me yes 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 so Kristen and I have been talking for probably at least a year and a half now on Instagram, just engaging with one another and, <laughs> and supporting one another's work within the community. So you guys make sure you follow Kristen. I'll have her information in the show details. We're just going to start from the beginning. Kristen, you know how this thing goes. So how did you and hubby meet? Well, I'm really happy to share that I am another one of your guests who met her husband on Tinder. Ah, number two. That's two. All you Tinder, all you Tinder lovers out there. 
email me. Come on the show. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, so it does work. It can mm-hmm. work out. And we actually even invited, like I sent an email to Tinder when we got married and I invited them to the wedding to say like, hey, thanks for being the ones who introduced us. <laughs> that is cool. Very cool. I like it. I like it. So how long did you guys mm-hmm. date before you took the plunge and jumped the broom? Not long. It was round two for both of us. So, and we were older, advanced maternal age in the infertility world, but we met and about, he's in the, he's in the military. And when we met, we knew it was an instant connection. And then he was told that he was going to be moving. We knew that it was really serious at that point. So we got married a year after we met. <laughs> Look, when you know, you know. And when we get to a certain age, we don't have time to play games and all that jazz. We're just going to go ahead and get married and mm-hmm. seal the deal, right? Did your husband have children prior to you guys yes. getting married? He or? has um, a son. Okay. So I'm a bonus mom. And... When we got together again because of our age, it was like, let's do this right now. And as soon as we got married, the next appointment I made was with my OBGYN to say, okay, what do I have to worry about? Because I'm 35. Like, I know that you've heard this story. I know that there's something that's going to make it harder. Let's check everything. So that was the start of our infertility. And we started right away with IUIs and Clomid, you know, the gateway drug. (laughs) infertility. And how long was this after you got married? I don't think I heard you say the time. It was pretty much right away. We got married in February Mm -hmm. and we started doing first IUI, I think was in like April. It's not really that unusual. I don't think at this day and age with us getting married a little older, I don't think that's unusual. Not in my opinion, at least, but happens next? Like, did you go get your HSG first and do all the testing? Did they even do that first? Some people, some doctors don't. Yeah. So I love my OBGYN that I had found because we just moved and I really didn't know anybody. I think I met my doctor before I met some friends in the area. They did the blue dye test like right away. They were like, that's the first thing we're going to do. And we tested my husband and we were just pretty much told like, look, it's going to be harder for you. IUI is going to speed it up. And we were very set, like, let's do this. Let's not waste any time. So we just jumped right in with the IUIs and we did four of them and they didn't work. So as you know, and as most women who are listening, who've gone through it, like every month, it just gets a little bit harder when it doesn't work because you've built up your hope again. You're like, no, it can still work. It can still work. And then it doesn't. And so my doctor was like, we can keep doing this or you can go to a specialist. And again, at that point, it was like, do it, bring it. I've wanted the baby for years. Where do I go? So I actually ended up going to an infertility clinic that was not in town. Like I didn't go to the local clinic. I did some research and decided to go to one that was an hour and a half to almost two hours away because of the reputation that that clinic and those doctors had. So I am a big advocate for not necessarily going to the closest clinic, but finding the one that's the right fit for you, even if that means travel. Yeah. You know, I've seen a couple of other people in the community like recently do the same thing. And some of them are actually like flying out of state. I don't know if you've seen some of that too with other people in the community. I think that's going to be more prevalent when people are like really just trying to advocate for themselves, like you said, and then finding their tribe within that fertility clinic that they're going to spend a lot of time at potentially. So I I love that you guys did that and you did it before it became trendy to do, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, I did it before most infertility doctors. I did it before most infertility doctors even had a social media account. You know, this day and age, it's so wonderful that there are clinics and doctors themselves that have accounts to put out information and awareness. And so, yeah, I was doing it before it was a little bit more trendy or accessible. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful that the landscape has changed to do to make it easier for other people to find the right doctor. Now, I think people know that it's okay to want something more from your doctor other than them just having the degree. It's about the relationship and the interaction that you have and that you can find that. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's the closest. You got your HSG testing and did it reveal any issues with your reproductive organs? Mm-mm. Wow. All good. I'm Really, nothing was showing up on my end. We were told about male factor infertility being a little bit of a challenge and that I was just more of the advanced maternal age. And again, we could have waited and kept doing IUIs, but we also were 100% out of pocket. And I just didn't want to keep paying for a lower success rate. So we called in the big guns and went to the infertility clinic and I am so glad we did because mm-hmm. it helped our story and I'll share what we did, but we did three rounds of IVF and we had three different outcomes. And so that was over a period of time. So we started the first one. I think that was in like my first egg retrieval was in like May of 2016. Is that right? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> this is what I want. If you're listening to this, I want you to know that there will be a point in time where these dates are not as prevalent and important to you because you've actually been able to move forward and create a life that has a lot more than just the infertility or the IVF journey you're going Mm -hmm. through. And some of the stuff does get Mm -hmm. fuzzy and it's a wonderful thing because it's not as big of a hill because it's now behind me. I know that if you're going forward and you're still climbing up that hill, those dates all seem so prevalent, but when you're on the other side, they get a little fuzzy in the rearview mirror. Mm -hmm. So ultimately we moved really quickly. We did the egg retrieval like two months later, we did a fresh transfer. It did not work. We had one embryo left over from that, but decided to do another egg retrieval to do like a banking because I come from a family of five. I have two sisters and two brothers and I wanted a big family, maybe not five, but I wanted a big family. So we did another round so that we could try and have multiples. And that second round, we did the egg retrieval in like October, September. And then we did the transfer in October and November we were pregnant. So the second round worked which is wonderful. So I want to backtrack just for a second to the Mm -hmm. cycle that resulted in a miscarriage. And Mm -hmm. so that was the first time you had ever gotten a big fat positive in your entire life right at that point. Actually not. So the order of how it worked was round one did not work. It was a big fat negative. Round two worked and is my IVF miracle daughter. Round three was our sibling cycle, our effort to try and have a sibling for our daughter. And that is what ended up in the miscarriage. So it actually was not my first big fat positive. It was my okay. second, but it was, it was hard. Yeah. It, 
whether it's your first or your eighth or second matter. or whatever, it was it was really hard. And we had proactively said that we would do one more round of an egg retrieval. And however many embryos we got out of that, however many transfers it took, we would sort of exhaust that. That would help us decide our journey on how far we would go. Because we were paying out of pocket and three rounds out of pocket is pretty significant. So that last round, it's interesting, that last round ended up with the most eggs and the most embryos. So I was the oldest and it was my third round, but it only ended up with one genetically good embryo. And that was the one that we had that miscarried. So I experienced it all, yeah. all the outcomes. It wasn't just the loss. It was also the loss of the story in my mind that mm -hmm. I would have two mm -hmm. girls. So it was, it was very big and heavy and something I had to process and grieve for a while and work through. And so how did you work through it? What, did, what were the steps that were very pivotal for your healing and moving forward in your grief? Good question. I think one of them was to say that it's okay, that I didn't cause it. I didn't do anything wrong. I also didn't miss anything. I always had this feeling like, what more could I be doing? What am I, what am I missing? Right? Like Google, the Google rabbit hole. So I did a lot of research during all of it. And not to say that I was as educated as our doctors, but I felt very well versed and was just always looking for what more is out there. What else could I be doing? And so when it didn't work, when we had a genetically positive, like good tested embryo and it didn't work, it was like, what did I do wrong? And what did I miss? So I had to first accept that um, it's okay to be upset about this that I didn't do anything wrong, I didn't miss anything, and that there's actually so much right now to be grateful for. And the other thing that helped me was instead of having the thought of this is not what I thought my life would look like, which ultimately if you think like that, it makes you feel really sad and demotivated. And that's not a way that I wanted to live my life. That doesn't help me make good choices and improve the quality of my life. Instead, I decided to believe that my family looks different, but that the big family I'd always had and pictured in my mind will look different, but I will still have a big family. I just, I believe that I will have this big family one day. It's just not with my children. It might be with friends and their kids mm -hmm. and just, or my neighborhood. It might be with my sisters and their children and my nieces and nephews. It, a big family won't be with my genetically connected children all younger below me in the family tree. It will look different. And that's okay. Yeah. And I can be happy with that. And that's really hard. It's really hard. And whether you get the bundle or not, it's, it's very difficult. I see a lot of times people move the goal line. That's what I talk about with mm -hmm. my clients. Like mm -hmm. we move the goal line. We say, oh, I'll relax. I'll exhale when at the first ultrasound or when I hear a heartbeat. Or at the first trimester or 20 weeks, they keep pushing back and moving the goal line. And so I decided right early then that it was like, I'm pregnant right now. I'm celebrating every moment because I don't know when it might go away. And luckily it didn't, at least that round. In your path to healing, after you give birth to your daughter, she's home now. You're again, relishing in all the moments, right? But there was still some, I'm sure, emotional things to work through that maybe you hadn't dealt with during your fertility IVF cycle. And so when, what was the point in time when you knew or you realized that there was still some work to do, even after the birth of your beautiful daughter? That's a good question. 
the first six weeks is really hard <laughs> for anybody who has their baby. Mm -hmm. And luckily I had a friend who told me and said, I'm the friend for you that when this is hard and when you don't love it, and this is more than you think you can handle, that I've been there, I know about this, and I'm the person you can call to like vent about it. That I think was the moment for me to recognize that I wanted to be that person for women going through infertility. At that point, to be able to help women going through infertility was when I knew I needed to learn as much as I could and work as much as I could on myself to have me be like my first client. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Mm. And so I, I definitely, like, I think you're aware that I have a two-week wait challenge. It was the first thing I created, and I did it for my sibling cycle two-week wait. Because that to me is one of the hardest moments going through infertility. I just went to the Gamecock mm -hmm. NCAA basketball championship mm -hmm. parade mm -hmm. for the Gamecocks. Hooray. Transfer is like the final four. You've done all the prep. You've won all the games to get to that point. And this is where the game is called. And it's a matter of seconds and it's a, so many things are out of their control even, right? Like they, one of their players could have gotten COVID or their coach, like one of them could have gotten injured and their plays could not have worked out. Like there's so many things that could happen and it's the final point. And that's what the transfer feels like. And then it's all out of your control. <laughs> it almost feels like a jail sentence. <laughs> I get anxiety, like trying to think about possibly doing another cycle for a sibling and I'm like... <laughs> Do I even want to sit in jail for two weeks waiting for something to happen? It's, it's like I'm in limbo. Like it's wait, you're waiting for that guy or that gal or whoever, whatever your sexual orientation is. You're waiting for them to call you. You've had your first couple of dates. Seem to enjoy yourself. They seem to enjoy themselves, but yet they haven't called you, right? And we're sitting around waiting for this phone call, okay, that determines everything from here on forward in our future. And I, I think that we just have an issue as humans, period, anybody with giving up that, that, that control. It doesn't happen. It's very small, minute percentage of people who have it together that good. They must've been in therapy for like 10 years beforehand. Well, I'd like to think that they've had access to tools too from coaching, but I'm clearly mm -hmm. biased about that. But I made the two-week wait challenge because of that, because of the experience of having six other two-week waits that I'd been through because of the IUIs and then all the IVF rounds. And this was my, that was my seventh one. And it was like, there's got to be a better way. And so I used the tools and I put the tools in this two-week wait challenge. 
which is for a free resource for anybody um, to help other women because I have the natural ability to be more optimistic and to be more positive that not everybody has. And so I wanted to share some of the tools that I use and leaned on that really helped me get through that period so that you don't feel like you're in jail, so that you don't feel like you're holding your breath or your shoulders are up to here. What do you believe or why do you believe that we have such a huge issue with working on our mindset and transforming the way we perceive and or how we're used to thinking about going through something. Why do you think that it's just, is it, is it the emotional aspect or the trauma of it all that we just, we just don't want to hear any of it, you know, kind of in a, in a way we don't want to hear relaxed. We don't want to hear positive meditations. We don't want to hear affirmations. We want to, we don't want to do anything like that. And for you being someone who's naturally optimistic, that comes very easy for you. But for the rest of us, who doesn't have that gift. That was a long-winded question, you guys. Sorry. It's okay. I got you. I think I followed. So, well, with me, I still got pissed off if somebody was like, well, why don't you just adopt? Or why don't you just relax? Or you can have one of my, I mean, I, my content is often talking about that when I speak in public or go on other podcasts that are not infertility related. I am sharing how to support your friend who's going through infertility because so many people do it wrong. So that, even as an optimistic person, pissed me off. And I think it comes from, ultimately, our thoughts about it. If somebody has three children and they're telling you to just adopt, but they never considered it, they would never do it, it wasn't hard for them, their children are stepladder ages where it's like boom, 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 hearing advice from somebody like that who had it so easy and who wouldn't even consider it for themselves, you're like, who are you to tell me to do that? What I have seen with my clients and just in general from life coaching is that most people that I tend to work with have been so successful in life. The lines of what's supposed to happen in society, go to high school, you go to college, you get a job, you move out of the house, you find a significant other, you date for a certain period of time, you get married and then you have kids. And this might be the first time that you're not following that trajectory. And so it might be the first time that you're like, oh my gosh, this is hard. This isn't how it was supposed to be. And it's public. Like if you were trying, and not you, but if anybody was trying to lose weight, most people don't publicly say, hey, I'm trying to lose 40 pounds. To then be able to show up three months later and be like, I've gained five. We don't do a lot of those things publicly because of the fear of rejection and fear of failure. I love the way you explain that. I really do, because I think that gives us a different way of looking at it and then also validating how we feel, which is why we're here, right? We're here to get validation and inspiration and hope from one another. I guess we're just too freaking hard on ourselves, right? Is that really the thing? Is it really just that we're just all too hard on ourselves and we need to, we do just need to relax a little bit, just a little teeny bit. I'm just, but in a different context. Our automatic reaction is what is wrong with me? And we think we're the only ones. And that's why I'm so grateful for just social media and people being brave and speaking up and your podcast to help get the message out that you're not alone. You're not the only one. And hopefully to hear, even if it's not a doctor saying, there's nothing 
wrong with you. We'll figure this out. And it's hard for us to believe differently because we've always thought you have sex, you have a baby, you have sex, you have a baby. And it is possible to actually rewire your brain to think differently. But guess what they don't teach us in school other than how to do taxes? How to change your thoughts and rewire your brain to serve you better, to go after the things you want. Because, you know, even just with what's been going on in the world, my eyes have been open to the ways I was taught and trained that are not how I really want to believe or what I want to think. And I've had to challenge even those too and change those. And that's okay. And it's possible. I now have the tools because of coaching. I know how to do that. That's what I work on with my clients. And what that does is that helps you believe new things. And it also helps you have confidence. And that's amazing because month after month, the people who get to IVF, how many months of negatives and failures have they gone through? Of course, their confidence is rocked. Of course, they have less hope because we are taught if it doesn't work, fix it. Something's got to change. So it's going against what we've all been trained to do and taught to do. And I think that's why it's so hard. And that's also why I am so passionate about helping and speaking about it and sharing a lot of it on social media. Like you don't have to pay me to get some of that knowledge because everybody needs to know these things. Infertility is just the catalyst that is teaching you, that is making it come up, bubble up to the surface that sometimes life doesn't go the way we've planned and there's different ways to handle it. There's ways to make it better. And if it's not infertility, our friends are going to experience this lesson too at a different time, at a different juncture, at a different reason. So the skills you actually learn while going through infertility, it sucks. Nobody wants to sign up. I agree. But what everybody learns by going through this and surviving through it, and if you do coaching, heck yeah, even more. But even if you don't, you are learning life skills that will help you through the next milestone and the next challenge and the next time something doesn't go right. And so you're like more resilient. You're more capable to handle hard days. And so that's why I care so much because I love who I became on the other side of infertility. And I want other people to not look on it as it's such this negative hard, woe is me experience. I want them to recognize that this is the story to your child. This is a part of your story as a human. And this is a way it can make you or break you. And I want to help it make you. I love that, Kristen. That was beautiful. Beautifully stated. (laughs) Beautifully stated. Because we need someone to give us confirmation that we're not losing our effing minds. And this is not a movie. (laughs) This is not a test. Okay, you guys, we're dealing with infertility and it's, it's a shit show. And I agree that we do have to come to a place in life that says, well, no matter what happens moving forward, positive and or negative, I will be okay. And I can still be happy. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's what we all aim for. Right. It's amazing to be in that place. Mm -hmm. And I know it takes work to get there. So kudos to you for Mm -hmm. taking the work to get there. 
as you're embarking on this change. It is hard, hard. work, but do you know what else is hard? Yeah. Being really unhappy and being stuck. That's also hard. So choose your hard. Mm -hmm. And I can tell with where you're at, you've chosen your hard and you will be better off because of it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <laughs> You guys got to watch it on YouTube. Kristen was was cheering and everything. She had herself on mute, so I, we couldn't hear her cheering, but she was doing her dance and her cheer. I love it. I hope that you guys take that all in and took some notes and got exactly what you needed today. <laughs> Please let me know if you didn't <laughs> so I can do my job better. But I'm sure you did because I was inspired by Kristen and her story and the things that she had to offer from an objective standpoint as a coach in the fertility community. And Kristen, so if there's any last word for our friends today, I'll give you back the floor and then you can also tell us where to find you. Well, thank you. What I want everybody to know is that if it hasn't happened yet, it's just a matter of time. So it's not a question of if, it's really just a question of when and that it's okay if you feel like you need a little bit more help people like me who are coaches or counselors or therapists, whatever, find your team and we can all work together. You had mentioned earlier about your experience, how you wish you had prepared for motherhood a little bit more. And that was something I learned too. Like I was all prepared the birth, but not like what happens next to me and my body. So that's where I feel like I'm the benefit. Like you're not going to go to have a baby without somebody, a doula, or a midwife or a doctor with you. And you don't plan that the day it's happening when you're in labor. You plan ahead for it. And so I encourage people to start. The best time to start to get any support was yesterday. And the second best time is tomorrow. You don't have to wait until you're on the floor crying, eating a tub of ice cream to call someone like me for help. There are so many resources out there. If it's not me that you jive with, that's okay. Find the support and the help that you need that fits your needs the best because there's so many resources out there that were not there in 2015 and 16 when I was going through this. They're available. Take advantage of it. You're worth it. You really are. And your future baby will thank you for it because you will be a better more well-adjusted mother because of it. And I know that's exactly what you want to be. So my website is coachingwithkd.com. KD are my initials. And that's because I don't want to challenge anybody to spell Dylan Snyder. <laughs> um, my Instagram is Kristen Dylan Snyder, which can be a challenge. So coachingwithkd.com, but I'm very active on Instagram and I would love for you to follow me over there and say hi, say you heard me on this podcast. That's how you found me because this is an awesome platform. I'm so glad you're using this resource and listening to Monique's podcast. And yes, if you have a transfer coming up, please sign up for the two-week wait challenge or even send it to friends that you know who do have one coming up. It's a great resource to kind of dip your toe into some of the possibilities of getting support and coaching. Yes, you guys do that. And I'm going to have Kristen's information in the show details, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your fave audio platform. So you can tap and go. You don't have to do too many steps. Just tap. It. It'll take you to her Instagram or her website and get your two week wait challenge. Okay. You guys have a list of things to do. And then make sure you're also following me on Instagram infertility and me podcast for tea related content and also sharing updates about the podcast as well. You guys, thank you, Kristen. I can't wait to meet you when I come back down South. <laughs> we got sure. coffee at Starbucks or something oh girl oh, we've got to do it southern we're gonna have some 
tea or lemonade on the porch. Let's do yes, it. Yes, I love to see it. Yes, as the Yankees yes, yes, yes. we are, let's do it the right way in this house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and thank you, friends, so very, very, very much for tuning in to another episode of Infertility Me Podcast. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.